Hey, content creators. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Mediavine On Air, the podcast just for you. I'm your host, Jenny Guy, with a rhetorical question. Do you ever wish there were more hours in the day to devote to your business? Or that you could maybe just clone yourself? Content creators have a never-ending to-do list, and from SEO, video, affiliate, social media, photography, and much, much more, your list of necessary skills to master goes on and on. But because cloning isn't currently a viable option, which is super annoying, there are VAs. Kayla Sloan of 10K VA and Six Figure Systems joined us for an episode of Teal Talk in 2020 and shared so much valuable information. Whether you're trying to determine if it's time to outsource some of your tasks, where to find good hires, or you're ready to offer your own services as a VA, Kayla Sloan has the answers. For all of Kayla's excellent resources, check out the links in the show notes. And while you're in a clicking mood, why not click on the five-star rating wherever you're listening and give us some review love. I promise it'll feel great and we will read every single word. Without any further ado, let's get to Kayla. You're listening to Media Vine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. Welcome to Teal Talk. I'm Jenny Guy, your host and the director of marketing for Mediavine. And I asked this right as we were getting started, but for those that are trickling in and joining us now, hello. Post in the comments and tell us what you're doing for this holiday weekend during the pandemic. How is it different from what you usually be doing for the official kickoff to summer? If it's changed at all, let us know in the comments. And then in news of other hard to believe milestones, today's episode of Teal Talk is the 17th in our second season, as well as our season two finale. What? Easy. We have had almost 80 lives since we started producing these a little over two years ago on every topic under the sun that's relevant to content creators. I get to talk with super smart experts about SEO and Beanie Babies and learn. And it's honestly, it's the best job. And we wouldn't be here without the support of my team. And you guys are awesome audience. So thank you from the bottom of my black little heart for watching. I appreciate it. And enough with the feelings now because my boss hates sappy stuff. So let's get on to the topic du jour. What do you know about virtual assistants? Have you been one? Are you trying to hire one? What is your experience in this area? My guest here is uh, today is here to help us with everything VA. She knows all the things and it's past time to meet her. Kayla Sloan is a business coach for virtual assistants and a business systems and outsourcing expert. Kayla has been working with successful entrepreneurs since 2014. Her one-on-one -on -one consulting program, Six Figure Systems, helps online business owners scale with systems and building a virtual team. She's also the founder of 10KVA, her flagship program where she teaches virtual assistants how to earn up to $10,000 per month working online. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, Kayla. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're excited too to have you. Um, I We chose this topic because we were looking for, for things that we hadn't covered and that might be interesting to people during this very strange time that we're in. So starting out, everyone in the comments, post, post in the comments, tell us about your experience as a VA or hiring a VA or anything VA. And if you've got questions for Kayla, shoot us a comment and we will make sure to get you taken care of immediately or as quickly as we can. So. As I said in the intro, VAs are kind of your thing. Uh, so I, let's just say, why do you love them so much? How did you get into the VA life? Tell us a little bit about your experience. Yeah, so you know, my experience was that I kind of got into the VA thing, so to speak. A little bit on accident, actually. I started blogging back in, I think it was 2013, and um, started blogging about paying off my debt because I had graduated college recently, I had student loans, you know, credit card debt, all of those things was trying to figure out how to navigate the world of personal finance as a young adult. And um, through that experience, actually found out first about freelance writing and um, tried that out. And through that experience, found out that maybe I'm not a great writer, maybe I'm only an okay writer, but that's all right, <laughs> because everybody has their thing. So maybe my thing wasn't writing. But through that experience in working with my clients, and just being very detail oriented in making sure that all the little things they asked of me were done, they started to notice that and say, Hey, are you available to help us with other things? Um, instead of writing, you know, since maybe that wasn't my thing. Um, and so kind of fell into the world of becoming a virtual assistant, 
through that pathway, um, but since then have really grown it first to become a full-time job for me and was able to replace my full-time jobs income. Um, and then since then have actually created my own training program to teach other people how to become a virtual assistant as well, because so many people were coming to me asking for advice on how to get started um, after I had kind of built up my business and reputation within uh, my online community. That's a great story. And like so many of, I think the best things I've ever heard are um, by accident that you find out that you're kind of have a superpower in something that you weren't aware of and it wasn't how you started out, but you just ended up doing it. And, and here you are, we've got people weighing in. Michelle James says, I am a VA and I love it. And Sarah Arswild awesome. says, I know VAs are great. They are great. And we're very excited to be talking about them today and get kind of into the nitty gritty of how to become one or to find one. So yeah. I think the, the first question, and let's talk to our business owners out here who might be looking for one. How do you know when you need one? Like, are there, yeah. are there, are there the earmark things happening that you should go, you know, I might need one. Yeah, for sure. So um, just to bridge that gap a little bit, business owners, just so you know, when I'm speaking to you too, that, you know, after my experience working as a virtual assistant, I also got the privilege to grow in my capacity and learn how to help business owners grow their virtual teams and hire VAs and really got to grow into project management and team management and hiring in that capacity. Um, so that's where I started teaching um, or not teaching, but consulting with business owners to help them grow their virtual teams, um, which is where some of these questions come from. Yeah, back to that question. How do you know when you need a virtual assistant? That is a great question to have because most of the time when people come to me, they're already extremely overwhelmed, which means they needed a virtual assistant far before they've actually found me, which is really Fair unfortunate. Enough. But if you're sitting here right now and you're not in that place of overwhelm yet, you probably need to look for a virtual assistant now before you're in the place of overwhelm. If you're already in the place of overwhelm though, don't worry, we can still help you. If there is a solution for it, virtual assistants can definitely help you with that overwhelm. But as far as exactly when, I know people are often looking at the dollars and cents of virtual assistants too. And one thing I always encourage business owners to look at is not only the hourly rate of what you're paying and thinking, oh gosh, is that in my budget? But look at what it frees up your time to do, right? So it frees up your time to go after those bigger ROI opportunities for your business as a whole. So that way you can make sure that you're earning back more than you're paying your virtual assistant. And so that's great. So tell me a little bit more about that. How would you, if you were going to write yourself a proposal to hire a VA, if you were going to sit there and say dollars and cents, does this make sense for me? What would you be recording? Time yeah, so, value? yeah exactly. So as a business owner, the first thing you need to do, if you haven't already figured out what you need to outsource and like what you need to take off your plate is you do need to do a time and task audit, which I know sounds kind of boring or tedious. Like, oh, do I really need to write down everything I do? Yes, you do. Because we need to figure out how much time it's taking. And then by turning some of those things that can be outsourced into tasks for your virtual assistant and passing those off by knowing exactly how much time you're freeing up to then pursue things that are able to generate a higher ROI. That would then obviously mean that you need to be tracking your income, you know, and how much time it's taking. And so then can use your time, you know, audit compared to where your revenue is coming from to see exactly what your ROI is. Not that I wanted to get into every number, but yeah, no, but it's, it's, and so what, what types of things like in terms of categories, if you were making that spreadsheet or that Excel yeah. spreadsheet, yeah. What, what, what types yeah. of categories would you put out? Yeah. So some of the things that I often look at first would be administrative tasks. A lot of administrative tasks that business owners are doing are very low ROI, right? They don't generate a lot of revenue, but they need to be done. That could be responding to emails, responding to comments on Facebook, things like that, that are just kind of administrative maintenance type things that are all in the background and they are still important, but they're not generating revenue. So those things can be passed off to a virtual assistant at a lower pay rate, right? While you yourself as the CEO can then focus your attention on something else. Very helpful. Okay. So segueing into that, what are the kinds of things that you've seen VAs do from the more common, more common tasks to some of the more unusual would also be fun. Yeah. So some of the common ones to start out with business owners often look at things like again um, email management calendar management and scheduling those are a lot of the first things that that um, business owners want to outsource because they can be a pain to deal with um, and I know that they can seem really overwhelming when your inbox is just pinging all day long right so yeah that's something where a lot of business owners start with um, some more unusual things I've actually seen virtual assistants stepping into some interesting niches such as event planning specifically even wedding planning there's actual actually virtual assistants working directly with brides or even working with wedding planners to make some of those phone calls and set up events and 
things like that. So that's actually a fairly unique way that some virtual assistants are working with other types of businesses too. And a great segue with those organizational skills and ability to problem solve and pull people together. That's great. Okay, Natalie Bartowell says, I so need a VA, but scared to make the transition financial wise. Is mm -hmm. that a common thing that you hear? What would you say to Natalie? Yes, that is something I hear commonly. And again, coming back to that time and task audit, if you're outsourcing those things and then focusing your attention on things that generate more revenue, then you've basically created enough budget by taking those things off your plate, right? So that really solves the financial issue as long as you can get those things taken off your plate and divert that attention to making more money. Fantastic. What are some of the things then that you would recommend people throwing their attention into once they have a VA? Where do you see people spending that valuable time that they freed up? Yeah, a lot of my clients use that freed up time to launch new products, whether that be new content mediums such as YouTube channels or podcasts or things like that that they haven't dove into yet if they're already blogging. Um, some of my other clients that have freed up time with virtual assistants will then turn around and use that time to improve old content on the site and oversee content audits, especially if your blog started out as a personal blog. I know that's something where a lot of us started out as personal bloggers telling our personal stories. I know there's tons of that on my own site from clear back when that um, at some point will probably need to be cleaned up during a content audit and that stuff's very personal. So maybe it's even that, even if that's not a huge ROI thing, there are still some things that are very personal that you wanna handle yourself and you've created time now for yourself to do that. So back to uh, an important question that always comes down to this is how much does a VA cost or should it cost? Yeah, so speaking about virtual assistants that are United States based, you're gonna be looking to pay anywhere probably between about $20 an hour to as much as $50 an hour if you're hiring someone who um, is serving more in a management type role or highly technical services. 20 to $50, okay, that's reasonable. Uh, Natalie said, yes, I'd love to never respond to an email again. Michelle mm -hmm. Fewerborn says, Totally agree. I outsourced Pinterest last year. Best decision ever. Saved me hours. Pinterest traffic is now 380% higher this year than last year. Yes, that's another great one. Social media and Pinterest for sure. Proof is in the pudding. Okay, so where can you find a VA? Where can you look for a good one? You know, there's some places you can look for great virtual assistants. One great place to look is always at your own audience. Again, if you're coming from a blogging background and you have an email list, your own audience actually can be a great place to find a virtual assistant if you don't know any within your own network. The other place to look is just to ask your fellow blogger friends and business owner friends who already have virtual assistants who they work with. Um, if those virtual assistants are still available, then that could be a really great opportunity for you to find someone who's experienced. Um, and the other place to look is people who have courses and have created uh, places where you can hire virtual assistants, which is something that I do help with my course graduates to connect with business owners too. And that's awesome. And there's actually, you have a, uh, a system that you employ yourselves, yourself, right? Isn't it yes. Six Figure Systems? Yeah. Tell us yes. a little bit about that. Yeah. So Six Figure Systems is where I work one-on-one -on -one with business owners in a consulting capacity to help you figure out exactly what you need to outsource, um, how to turn that into a system so you can hand it off to your virtual assistant and it's completely ready to go so that you don't have to do all of that tedious onboarding and training after they get there, you have kind of a system all set up and ready to go. And we can post the links to that too. So Kimberly Roseman Stevenson said, I'm one and I enjoy the work. That's good to hear that you enjoy it. And I think it, it, it seems to be a pretty natural transition from somebody who is doing a, a content creation or um, a career on the internet to slide over into becoming a VA. Do you have a lot of VAs that are content creators, bloggers, website owners, things like that? Yeah, I actually have a lot of bloggers who become virtual assistants, but I've also seen a lot of people who find out about virtual assisting and then also start a blog. So I think it can kind of go both ways. I think they're very relatable skills. And I think the other huge, huge benefit of um, that kind of cross, you know, whatever pollination, you yeah, whatever yeah. You um, is that, you know, a, having a blog and a website as a virtual assistant can serve as a portfolio for your own work to showcase your own skills and what you know how to do. Fantastic. Okay, we've got some questions coming in. Larisha Bernard says, I'd love to hear thoughts on hiring VAs in the US versus outside of the country. Yeah, you know, 
I have I haven't actually hired an international virtual assistant myself, so I can't speak specifically to the hiring process for international virtual assistants. But I have worked with a few with some of my clients who already had them on the team when I came on board. Um, and working with international virtual assistants was still a very pleasant experience. I didn't really have any issues. There is some additional sometimes communication barrier, and I know sometimes time zone can be a little bit of an issue if you're trying to have like a team meeting or something like that on Zoom. But other than that, it really was great. Still, um, in my experience experience working with international virtual assistants. That said, they do need more training, more guidance, more um, editing if you're having them doing anything with written communication typically. So that's something to consider in your budget is that although they may seem cheaper per hour than a United States virtual assistant, they are going to require more oversight. That's a great tip to have on have in mind when you're looking at how much you're wanting to invest. They might be potentially less expensive financially, but more expensive in terms of the time you're investing on the front end to get them all set up and ready to go and to execute your will. Natalie said, any tips on finding a VA? We're going to talk about that more in a little bit. And then she also said, do you recommend starting with a certain amount of hours to test a VA? And she said, can you tell I'm nervous and overthinking it? <laughs> it's a big decision. It is. It is. That is so common. Overthinking it happens all the time, but I promise everything's going to work out. Although hiring is a big decision. I get that too. So when it comes to kind of testing your virtual assistant, one thing I always recommend to business owners is that you start with either a trial period. So, you know, say I'm going to bring you on for 30 days. We want to make sure this is a great fit. You know, however long that is, doesn't necessarily have to be 30 days. Make sure it's a fit for them and for you. But the other option, if you don't want to do a set time period is you could do a test or trial process project. So maybe you have them work on a specific, I don't know, um, maybe you have maybe if you're a blogger, maybe you have them work on a specific blog post and prepare that for publication if that's something you're hiring for. Um, test them out, see how they do following your instructions, right? Yeah. See how it goes as a test project. It's fantastic advice and very helpful. Um, also to see it's not, I mean, I think part of what can happen is that it doesn't it's not a value judgment about someone being good or bad if it doesn't necessarily work in terms of style with you um, and your work style and your the way you like to communicate. Like those are those are very specific personal things that I think are important when you're looking for somebody that could potentially become your right hand person. So exactly. Yeah, it's not even necessarily always about the specific skills. Sometimes it's just about the fit. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a whole lot of sense, the fit between the two of you. Uh, so Danny Klein asked, how expensive are VAs? Um, you had mentioned the if you're using the US dollars, a 20 to $50 per hour rate. Is there a typical amount of time that you see people hiring a VA for? Or is that just basically run the gamut and up to the person? Yeah, it's all over the board. It really depends on what you're needing and um, can really vary so much from business owner to business owner. It can totally vary. Guys, if you're out there and you are a VA or you are a business owner that is used to VA, are you still with all the craziness happening with the Rona? Are you still hiring your VA? Are you still giving them hours as a VA? Is it something you've thought about picking up? Talk about how this pandemic has impacted you if you are a VA. Um, Kayla and I were talking about it before we went live and we're interested to hear what, what feedback you guys have. And in the meantime, while we wait on those responses, uh, what questions should you ask when you're hiring a VA? I, I know that it will probably have to do with speci what specific tasks you're having outsourced, but are there some general questions that people can ask just to kind of get a sense of who this person is? Yeah, some great questions to ask um, when you're interviewing a virtual assistant. A couple of things. First, you're also you're always going to want to ask where they're located. Maybe not where, but always time zone at least because they're virtual. So you want to make sure that they're on a time zone that you know can kind of communicate well with yours. If you're going to have team meetings or anything like that, that could be really important. Um, and depending on you know timeliness for your business, depending on how big of a deal that is for you. The other thing you're going to want to ask is just some questions about. Sorry, I was just reading the comments. I can actually see them coming in on the side now. This is oh. really exciting. Exciting. I know. I got distracted. Some other great questions to ask when you're hiring a virtual assistant. Make sure that you ask them for specific examples of relatable work. I know that sometimes when people hire virtual assistants, they don't take the process quite as seriously as if you're hiring an employee. And mm -hmm. I think you should still go through an interview process and collect, you know, a portfolio or collect samples or collect you know, kind of a resume in a sense, because um, if you don't go through that kind of due diligence, how can you expect to get a good result? Very, uh, very important and very true. Yeah, it's it's the more detail you can get, the more conversations you have with that person, the more samples of work you can get, definitely, for sure. Okay, 
here are some of the feedback we're getting. So Michelle James says, I'm busier than ever. She had said earlier that she was a VA and works as a VA uh, because most of my clients are now homeschooling on top of their business. Uh, Lynn April says, I have kept my VA through all of this. I pay her hourly, but I also give her a percentage of my quarterly earnings from Mediavine because she helps me with all of my socials and my emails. Michelle says, yes, still using VA, at least for Pinterest, the increased traffic and increased ad revenue generated, even with today's lower RPM, more than covered the cost of the VA. Okay, got a question from Larisha. So much happening in our group right now. They're buzzing. What about benefits of literally a virtual person versus someone that is local? Yeah, so literal benefits of having someone virtual versus in person. Um, one, you're not going to have the overhead of having to pay for an office space. Um, so that is a huge benefit if you have an in-person office space. Um, your virtual assistant wouldn't be taking any up. Um, so that is a great benefit. As far as like I don't know if you're looking at employee versus freelancer at all, or just in-person versus virtual. Virtual, one nice thing, if someone is on a different time zone than you, that could actually be helpful for your business too. I know in my experience, I've actually worked with um, a virtual assistant who was in the UK, and it was kind of nice in the morning, I'd wake up and all these things were done, and they were just sitting there waiting for me to review them. You know, in that capacity, it was kind of nice because work was just happening 24 hours a day. Yeah, and also I think another thing to check might be when people are logging on with your social and wanting that interaction if you've got a great big European audience and you're not in Europe and you don't want to be awake at four o'clock in the morning maybe having somebody who's in that time zone help you offset some of that traffic would be great I think that's a great idea okay we've got more feedback from our audience okay Michelle says I'm more interested in picking up work as a VA 12 years blogging experience and wanting to know where to start Michelle we got your back two seconds Rebecca Johnston says, even though obvious ad revenue has decreased significantly, which affects business income overall, I've tried to keep my VAs busy and not cut back. She looks at it's just her small part to hopefully keep the economy just a little bit better. So in addition to working as a VA, I also have my own team um, and I am actually, you know, a media vine. Uh, member as well. So I totally hear you, Rebecca. I mean, that hasn't impacted business budgets, but I think that this also has created other opportunities for us as online business owners to be creative. And I'm so excited that you've taken this opportunity to try and keep your VA busy and not cut back hours. It's very, very appreciated. And we know that the RPMs are down, but we've been sharing as much as we can, seeing all the incredible pivots that people are doing and adjustments and the way that people are listening to their audience, taking in their needs and taking those into consideration and creating content specifically around this time. Yeah. Sourdough starters unite. It's everywhere and we love it. Then that's just a joke because I have a sourdough starter and talk about it all the time. But let's pivot into the other side of this process. Let's let's give a Let's throw some bones to um, Michelle Whitaker. Le talking about becoming a VA, what skills make someone a good candidate for that type of work? Yeah, so when it comes to becoming a virtual assistant or being a successful virtual assistant, there's a few things that are important and some of them are not even necessarily like hard skills, so to speak. They're really just like, traits more so like being able to be very self-motivated especially because you're working virtually from home right so you're going to need to make sure that you get your work done and that you're disciplined enough to do all of those things i would also say being a good problem solver because again working virtually sometimes you just have to figure things out there's not always someone there that you can ask questions to um, of course you know online resources are great but also just knowing how to use those because you may be surprised but i've actually i have worked with virtual assistants where i've had to kind of be like well did you did you Google it? You know, so you Trust know, Google, Google. Google is your friend. Um, but then in terms of like hard skills, I would say um, just overall, like organization, being a very good written and, and verbal communicator is going to be really important as a virtual assistant. Again, coming back to that problem solving, but also just being willing to kind of go a little bit above and beyond people's expectations, right? Really have a heart, I think, for your business and have a heart for the people that you're working with, your clients, because that's really what this is all about. And as a virtual assistant, we have the luxury to work with clients whose businesses we admire and support and respect. And so why not do that, right? Why not work with people that bring us joy and make us feel great about what we're doing every day. You know, I mean, that's not the skills. I kind of segued into something else. There. No, but I love that. That's great. I, I I didn't have a question that would have brought that up. I don't think, and I love that here, having the luxury to be able to choose to work with people whose work you stand behind and you believe in. I love that. Uh, Starla Hill said, I'm a VA, best job ever. I love this yeah. work. Yeah, time management, problem solving, good communication, work hard for your clients. Love yep. that. Huge fan of under promising, over delivering. Love yep. that too. Exactly. Okay. So how can someone start? 
if someone is wanting, if you're sitting there going, this sounds amazing, I wanna do it, what do you do? Yeah, how can you start? That is definitely always the question on people's minds. So the first thing you need to do is figure out what you want to offer in your business. So what skills do you have already? What services make sense for you? What services are available out there? Do a little research on that, kind of figure those type of things out. Then you really just need to find clients. I know that sounds super simple and there is a little bit more to it than that, I know. But really after you find the first client, that's when you officially have a business, right? That's when you can actually move forward and say, I'm a business owner. And then you can start doing all these other things. I encourage my students personally to get started right away and not let some of those logistical things hold them back. Because I think sometimes people get too hung up in the logistics mm -hmm. and get kind of scared and they get kind of that overwhelm like we were talking about earlier with hiring. But mm -hmm. just in that same sense, people feel that same feeling with starting their virtual assistant business too. So just get started. You can always change. You don't have to do the same thing forever. So even if you start with social media, but then you decide you hate it, you can do something else. It's okay. You don't have to do that forever. That's an excellent way to start. Don't let analysis paralysis overcome you. Where do you find clients? How do you go about it? How do you yeah. learn? Yeah, I think one huge benefit that everyone who's watching this in the Mediavine group has already as an advantage is that you all have connections. All of you are already in this group. You all have connections to each other. And we know there's plenty of opportunities within our community to support each other, whether that be through hiring each other or, you know, offering support to each other when when needed, you know. So, I mean, I think this is a great place to, to do that. Not that we should be soliciting all the time our services by any means. We don't want to do that. But, you know, I think that these networking groups are great places to start making those friendships and connections that can lead to those clients, right? And all of you already have some sort of online presence if you're in this group. Absolutely. And there are, everyone is in at least one Facebook group, probably three, I would say conservatively three of three blogging Facebook groups. Use the search function in those mm -hmm. in those groups and see where people have talked about VA and looking for yeah. a VA and what kind yeah. of VA and search. You can find yeah. it. So Money is on everyone's minds all the time. We know this, yep. but especially yep. now. So in terms of setting up pricing as okay. a VA, what is a reasonable expectation for earnings starting out? And you, your course is called 10K VA, which implies a very high paycheck coming towards you. So talk to us a little bit about how you came up with that name and, and, and about pricing for people getting started in this business. Yeah. So for me personally, when I started as a virtual assistant, having told my story early, earlier, I kind of fell into it accidentally. And I started out charging, um, probably undercharging a little bit. I, I was about $15 an hour getting started as a virtual assistant in all transparency and honesty. Um, and since then, obviously, my rates have increased over time. But as I did that, I was able to grow my business to where I was earning over $10,000 per month consistently from my virtual assistant clients. So just from my virtual assistant services, not from other streams of revenue, $10,000 per month consistently. So in order to do that, I mean, there are several things you need to do as a virtual assistant. I mean, you can start out hourly. A lot of virtual assistants do because they simply aren't sure how to set up package pricing. But over time, as you figure out what you're good at, um, what you love doing, what you're really, really efficient at, you know, you get those systems set up, you have it all up on a repeatable process, so it's super efficient. Then when you create those package pricings, that's when you can start to really start um, scaling your business, right? And start to really grow that revenue so that you're no longer charging hourly for your services. Now, business owners, I hear, you know, you hear me saying this thinking, oh gosh, my VA is making all this money off of me. Don't worry. The reason that they're doing this is because they're so efficient at this point that something that used to take two hours now only takes 20 minutes, but they shouldn't be penalized because it no longer takes two hours, right? Very it's true. the value of what they're providing you not necessarily that it took two hours or 20 minutes. And talk to us a little bit about the packages that you're you're referring to. You don't have to, obviously we don't want you to give any secret sauce recipes out right now, but, but some of the things that you've seen that might be a little more common that might get people's minds going. Yeah, so um, a lot of people will work on package pricing as a virtual assistant. So it may include things like, um, I've seen people create blog management packages, for instance. I know, again, we have a lot of bloggers in the audience. So a virtual assistant may put together a blog management package that let's say it's $1,000 a month month, it gets you X number of blog posts that the virtual assistant will upload into WordPress, add all the photos, you know, make sure all the links are working, formatted, all of those type of things and published, you know, and so you know that all of those things are taken care of and you pay one flat rate per month. So that may be one way that a virtual assistant could market a package rate to a client. 
Very helpful. Love that. Okay. We have comments from Michelle. She said, from a customer perspective, I love that my VA has excellent communication. She is proactive. I don't have to ask. And she has a Pinterest strategy that works. And she's saying she found this VA based on other blogger recommendations in our Facebook group. So that's exciting. Perfect. Great to hear that. Love that. And Starla Hill said, always be learning, growing, and honing in on your skills and to enjoy the journey. So in terms of specific certifications or um, degrees or any of those things, are, is there anything you would recommend? I know that you don't have to have anything, obviously. I don't, there's not a re degree requirement, but is there, are there things you would recommend? You know, so it's really interesting that a lot of colleges are actually starting to offer certificate programs in virtual assisting. Awesome. Um, I've actually seen that popping up all across the country, which is really interesting, but certainly not required um, in terms of recommended certifications. No, I really don't think there's any needed. In fact, a lot of times things that you've earned outside of specifically online business or virtual assisting can still be transferable. I know a lot of people who have experience um, and have may have certifications in bookkeeping or accounting, and they may then go offer those as virtual services um, as a portion of their business or something like that too. So I know that those can be value adds, but they are certainly not required. No certifications required at all, which is great. So outside of required, are there any places that you've seen that you would recommend going I mean, other oh, yeah. than your own? Tell us a little bit about your own right. and then maybe some recommendations that you'd make. Sure. Yeah. So I do have my own training program. Of course, it's called uh, 10K VA, as we mentioned earlier. So within that program, I teach all of the aspects of starting your business all the way to scaling to earn as much as $10,000 per month. I can't guarantee it, of course, but you can earn as much as, right? I've seen it work sure. <laughs> for me and, and students, which is great. But the, um, the other places you can go for um, training, I would look at um, skills trainings programs. Those can be a little bit more difficult to find specifically for virtual assistants, which is why we actually created that as an add-on for students as well. Um, so we do have those, they're ongoing trainings to keep you up to date on the latest on all of the social media tools, not just social media, but that is one that's in demand all the time because we know the algorithms are changing, but all of the virtual assistant tools and services and skills. So those are coming out regularly. And then as far as other places to look, you know, honestly, I look at a lot of free resources such as blogs, tutorials, things like that. They're gonna be really, really helpful. Um, and I know there's a lot of resources within the Mediavine community as well that can help you get started with all of those services and skills that you need to learn. 100%. And I, I think things like uh, HubSpot, they have or Hootsuite, like uh, some of those social media yes. tools that you use have really great resources for social media that you can go in and look at and become uh, with free training easily certified in Pinterest certified yep. in whatever it is. So no, I think even are... Facebook has its own certification mm -hmm. course now. Pinterest has its own certification course. Asana has its own certification course. So there are those available out there. If you do want to get those certifications, you certainly don't have to have them, but it could be a nice value add. And maybe that is the way that the industry is moving. If it is, then you'll be ahead of the curveball if you've already gotten some of those taken care of when you're trying to learn those skills, you know, in the beginning of your business. Um, another place that I would recommend too is Grace and Bell a good friend of mine from imarkinteractive.com. He has a free WordPress course that's available and it is phenomenal if you're not already familiar with WordPress specifically or need to brush up on that um, or feel like you, even as a blogger, need to brush up a little bit more on WordPress so that you can fix some of your own things if they break on your site. His course is phenomenal. It's a really, really great resource. Love all that and, and very easy. I always find courses, even if they're not required, help me feel more confident in my own knowledge and be able to, and and also it's never bad to have something to put on a resume like officially Absolutely. certified in XYZ. So let's talk about potential uh, pitfalls for both yeah. sides of this equation. What are some of the, the, what's the biggest mistake you've seen VAs make starting out? And then what is the biggest mistake you've seen bloggers make or what should be avoided when they're mm -hmm. working with the VA? Yeah, so from the VA side first, what's the biggest mistake that I see new VAs making? I think a lot of them just don't have the confidence to put themselves fully out there. Um, that's the biggest thing I see. In working with my students, when I have one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with them, a lot of times their questions boil down to confidence. And so that's something that's really unfortunate. And it's something that I am trying to empower all of my students and my, my community on, but I know that's something that we wanna spread the message on even more is that, you know, just be confident in yourself and your message as a virtual assistant. I think that's one of the biggest things. And then the second or the biggest mistake, I guess, on the other side that I see bloggers making when, when working with a virtual assistant is that they haven't already thought out exactly what they 
need to pass off to the virtual assistant. They're just like, I need help and I don't know what I need help with, but something. And then when they get ready to pass something off, they don't have clear instructions, which just kind of sets both people up for failure. Either the blogger gets frustrated because the VA is asking questions, or maybe the VA doesn't feel like they can ask questions. And so the, the blogger is like, why isn't this done the way I wanted and you didn't ask? So there's just some communication issues there sometimes, I think, and preparedness before hiring. I think that's important. I think that's that's a great idea. So would you recommend men then before a, a blogger before a content creator goes out to hire a virtual assistant having like you said you've made the list of what your time is what you're doing what you're investing and what could you outsource would you recommend having them like you said a specific project so having a very specific this i need you to do emails i need you to do pinterest having a specific and finite area to start and then potentially adding on yeah, other areas? Definitely. I think you don't want to overwhelm your virtual assistant with like 15 things at once either. So maybe you pass off just email and then you add Pinterest and then you add, you know, Facebook and then you add whatever else you need, right? But you don't want to just say, here's all 20 things go, especially you know, if you're not used to hiring, or if you have a new VA, either way, if either side, either person's new to this situation, that can be kind of difficult. So you want to kind of ease into that. And even if they're not new, again, coming back to, you know, test projects and making sure it's a good fit. That's yeah. always important too. Is is it something you would see as a VA having one VA that does all of the things or having a VA that is really great at this, a VA that is really great at this? What, what's a better way? What's a more common way? Yeah, I think bloggers, a lot of times when they're hiring their first virtual assistant, they will hire one person that's good at a lot of things, but maybe not great at any one thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, um, it does. Their, their first hire is just, again, that, oh, I need help. Here's all the things. And then I think from there, they kind of refine and learn. And maybe that's them and hopefully that VA, if they work together long term, kind of, you know, refining that role and figuring out what the VA does best, you know, what else they need to hire for that can be a part of it too. That uh, definitely helps in a new relationship that you can grow and, and evolve with each other for mm -hmm. sure. I think that a lot of what I always love when I see VAs or people that come in that are really helpful, they have a, a calm, a calm, but positive presence that, that you are, that the person you're coming in to help is feeling Ah, I have so many things and you can come in and say, I can, I can do those things. I can take those things and make them feel confident, which is always such a, a, a blessing. How can a blogger or a content creator, the person hiring, help a VA do their best work? And, and you said it, having a clear defined, this starts out with having a clear defined task or a clear defined project, but how can you delegate better and avoid micromanaging and, and make it the most efficient working relationship that you can get your money's worth? Yeah, exactly. You definitely want to make sure you get your money's worth. So I think a few things to make sure that you set your virtual assistant up for success is having a clear communication channel. So making sure that that's open, but that you're not pestering, right? So just, you know, making sure that it's clear that they can come to you at any point with questions and that they're not going to be dumb questions because there's no such thing as a dumb question, right? You want to make sure that everything's done correctly. Yeah. Um, so just making sure that your virtual assistant feels heard and respected, I think is huge. And knowing that they can come to you with questions and that you want them to come to you with questions even, and that you want them to think about these big picture things and kind of encourage that and foster that within your virtual assistant. And honestly, I think too, like giving your virtual assistant after, after the test project, of course, once you've grown and worked together a little bit too, but giving them more responsibility, giving them the opportunity to grow and learn with you, giving them, you know, a little bit of a sense of ownership sometimes of a piece of your business. Although that sounds scary, the more buy-in you have from them by giving them that ownership, the better results you're going to get from them too, because they're going to be invested in the success of your business just as much as you are. Definitely. And do you recommend, you talked about an open communication. Do you recommend setting up a weekly meeting with a VA? As a VA, do you want to advocate? for that saying, you know, a, a, a 15 minute check in with actual voices is email better? How do you what do you what do you, I know, and I'm sure that this varies based on personal preference. But yeah, I think it does. And sometimes I've even had it vary from client to client. There's some clients where, you know, communication via our task management system is enough. Um, there's some clients where a call every week is, you know, definitely needed because things are just moving so fast. And there's others where, hey, we'll just check in once a month or so randomly if we need to, you know, we'll talk tomorrow or whatever, you know, I want to keep that open 
and communicate with the client in the way that they want to communicate, but also as long as it makes sure that I get what I need to do my job. Excellent answer. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. How, when you're a, when you're a VA and you have a lot of clients, how mm -hmm. are you juggling and prioritizing and keeping that workflow? Are there any um, great tools that you would recommend? Anything that would help people juggle? Yes. Juggling multiple clients and multiple deadlines can be a challenge for sure, especially if you're just getting started kind of doing that and you're not used to that. If you're coming from, you know, being an employee where maybe you only had one boss or kind of one area um, and now all of a sudden you have five clients and you kind of feel like you have five bosses, that can be a little bit of a scary feeling at first. So my recommendation, if you're not already on a task management system is to start using one as soon as possible. So that could be something like, I personally love Asana, but there's also Trello, Monday, ClickUp. I think maybe Monday became ClickUp. I'm not sure. They keep changing names, but there are several of them out there. I know for sure. Basecamp um, is another one too. So um, yeah, definitely look into one of those tools and use whichever one works best for your brain. That's what I say, because all, all these tools are very similar. They have similar features but they work slightly differently. So if one you know method works better for your brain, if a, a checklist or a, I don't know, the card ones or whatever, the calendar, whatever works best for you to make sure you get everything done, do that, right? Do what works best for your brain, but get on something that keeps it organized because you can't just do it in your email inbox. It's gonna get way too messy and you're gonna forget to do something. Um, and then in terms of prioritizing, just make sure you always, I guess, for me, what I do is I set high priority, medium priority, and low priority for every single thing I put on my to-do list so that I know what's important when it becomes due, on the day that it becomes due. Very, very helpful. Okay, this is a little bit, this is gonna get into some drama, maybe some feelings. Okay. Have you ever experienced having to break up with a VA and what, what goes into that? How do you know it's time to let someone go? How do you do that, handle that with grace? So I have had to hire on behalf of my clients, but I've also had to fire on behalf of my clients. I've also fired my clients as a VA. I've let go of the client, right? But right. I've also let go of VAs for my team. So I've definitely done this in kind of all aspects. Yeah. And it can be very hard at times. Mm -hmm. Like it can be very emotional, especially if you do end up forming a personal relationship with this person too outside of work, because you do become invested in each other, right? But that said, Sometimes it just has to happen. And how do you know if it's time to let them go or get a new virtual assistant? I would say if you start to feel frustrated, if you've addressed the issue multiple times, you do need to give your virtual assistant a chance. You can't just, I mean, you shouldn't, I guess you can, you shouldn't just get frustrated once and then let them go without, you know, a warning or explanation or anything like that. You know, give them feedback and the opportunity to improve. But if it's a repeated thing, then you do need to let them go and find someone that can do the job because you as a business owner can't afford to not have the job done properly either. Very true and, and difficult. Okay, Michelle said, my Pinterest VA, Nicole, sends out a great monthly newsletter to her customers. Lots of great info in there, keeping us up to date on all of Pinterest changes. Have you heard of other things like that, like a monthly newsletter to different VA clients or anything you'd recommend to kind of help with the marketing aspect, the retention aspect, things like that? You know, I think one of the other great resources that I've come across lately was um, the Facebook marketing newsletter too is another great one if you're looking for ways to stay up to date on all, on all the algorithm changes that they've come out with. Um, they put together one, I believe it's on the business support page. Facebook has algorithm changes? Yeah, surprise, That's surprise. Crazy, I've never heard of any right? blogging world talk about it. In terms of contracting, because that can be a real sticky thing on both ends. Do you recommend as, as a person going out and starting with VA, I, I'm friends with Jamie Lieberman, who is hashtag legal, and her words are everything must be in a contract when you're working with the brand, when product is exchanging chance. I would imagine that VA work is the same way. It's a contract. It's not a well, yeah, I'll do some Pinterest stuff for you and then we'll right. see what happens down the line. Talk to us about the contract. Yeah, you definitely need to have a contract. 100% need to have a contract and it needs to be signed by both you and your client before you do any work. So even if they come to you and are desperate and say, I need you to start tomorrow, ah, no. If you have not signed the contract, I cannot start work. I know that sounds a little harsh maybe, but no, you really can't do it because you have to protect yourself. That's really, really important. And the contract is there to protect the virtual assistant and the business owner both. So it's really important for both people to have a contract. I am definitely not a lawyer, so I don't want to 
give any kind of legal advice at all. But when it comes to contracts, a few things just to keep in mind, make sure you have in there listed um, a general scope of work. I know that can be hard for virtual assistants because it can vary so much. So that may be a piece that needs to be amended from time to time um, and revisited regularly, maybe every six to 12 months as your role changes, maybe more often if it's a small you know, startup maybe or something like that and it's moving really, really quickly. But that's something that you may need to revisit. Obviously have in there your pay rate and frequency when you expect that, you know, what your invoicing practices are, but also your working hours. If you have specific hours that you are available or not available, you need to have that specified so your clients know what to expect for your communications. Very helpful. You don't have a, a Devil Wears Prada Miranda Priestley situation where uh, your boss is invading your life. Oh my gosh, that would be awful. <laughs> so in terms of that, any any fun stories from the past as a VA where anything unusual has happened or unusual requests or crazy, crazy boss stories, like I said, Devil Wars Prada scenarios? I made the mistake as a brand new virtual assistant. So um, this this maybe is a little bit of a warning story. I Love made that. the mistake as a brand new virtual assistant of not really knowing what I was doing and thus didn't really think about it being a concern if one of my clients had my personal phone number. Now I have a separate business phone number. Um, sure. didn't think about it, but you know, received phone calls from this client on Sunday afternoons, Saturdays, weekends, evenings, after multiple requests of this person to only con this was only supposed to be used for emergencies, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, we don't do that anymore. I mean, I would get, you know, what someone considers an emergency obviously varies a lot. So this is true. This is true. We'll just say it was probably not an emergency, but yeah. I mean, I think that that's fair uh, or, or they need to maybe find a different line of work. If there are that many emergencies occurring on a weekly basis, potentially you need to look at, look into something else. It doesn't sound like a, a lot of fun. And so you would definitely recommend a business line or, I mean, I can't, is there, are there any circumstances where you would give a client a personal phone number no, again? No, I don't think so. Okay. Fair enough. Um, the only other option I would look at is one, the phone number I did look into was getting a Google voice number. You could do that if you wanted to give a phone number to a client that way they could call or text that number, but it doesn't have to be connected to your phone. That is a very good idea. Okay. And they are free. Free. And you don't have to worry about getting texts at four o'clock in the morning about that Pinterest pin. Larisha said, I'm pretty sure that Jamie from last week has a contract on her site that's available to purchase for VAs, a boilerplate contract that has... Perfect. Um, the basic things covered, and then you can fill it in with scope of work and your specific payment preferences and details. How many clients should a VA take on? What? How much is too much? Ooh, that is a very interesting question and probably one I haven't thought too much about because I think it can vary quite a bit. It depends on if you're taking on a client who needs 30 hours a week or a client who needs five hours a week, you know, and, and what your personal availability is too. Are you doing this on top of a full-time job or on top of homeschooling your kids right now or, you know, on top of other responsibilities. So it really can depend on just what your own availability is. That is a no magic answer. Number. I love lawyer answers. It depends. Always my favorite. Yeah. How do you how do you personally communicate with how do you advocate communicating with VAs? Is there uh, do you think email is the best way to do it? Do you like you said it, it can depend by style, but what is your standard advice? That you yeah. Give? So for me personally, um, I communicate with my virtual assistants and um, still communicate with any long term clients that I'm working with too via um, our task management system, which again we use Asana. We typically don't email each other because we do leave all of our comments and kind of communications within our task management. System. Um, and then we do use Google Docs for sharing files and things like that. So we use Google Drive. And then we do also have a meeting on Zoom, you know, regularly um, or semi-regularly for uh, client work. So we do do that as well for communication. Fantastic. Lots of different tools there to learn. Uh, what does your day look like? What's a standard day as a VA look like? Oh gosh, I wish I could answer that one too. But again, it, it just really depends so much on what sure. you do. But for me personally, when I was working with multiple clients at once, which I don't work with as many now, but when I did, my day looked a lot like um, I would try to batch by type, not by client. Um, okay. So for me personally, I liked to do all of the social media work. Oh, let's see the camera. There we go. All of the <laughs> social media work at the beginning of the day. And then I would do, you know, something else towards the middle and then, you know, something else in the afternoon. And I actually try to batch by energy level. So for me, 
I actually probably wouldn't do social media first. I'd probably try to do something that requires more energy because for me, I'm a morning person. So I have more energy in the mornings typically. So I try to do that as much as possible. And then after lunch, actually, you know, right about now, I'm about to hit that three o'clock slump. So then I typically try to do some of those easier things in the afternoon when I start to get a little bit more tired. Oh my gosh, we are like, we're the same. I need to, the more, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to do something that requires a lot of brain activity, write something original, things like that, I can do that. I need to do that in the beginning of the day when I'm fresh and I haven't been, had all the people ask me all the questions and all that. So that's, that's, that makes sense to me. And learning that about yourself is so helpful. Okay. So we are about out of time right now, which is crazy. It's been a crazy hour, but uh, lots of comments, lots of great feedback from our audience today. Thank you guys for that. So I wanted to ask you one more question and give you kind of a quick second while I make an announcement and then come back and have you ask it. So for somebody who is looking to dip their toe in the water after Memorial Day, let's say after the holiday weekend, I mm -hmm. want to get started as a VA. What mm -hmm. are three things you would have them do? And then for somebody who, or you don't even have to have three things, what is the first thing you would have them do? And then for somebody who desperately needs, has realized desperately needs help mm -hmm. immediately, what was the first thing you would have them do? on the Tuesday after Memorial Day. If oh, you'll think okay. about that for one okay. second and I'll quickly make my announcement. Okay, guys, uh, I usually announce the next episode of Teal Talk at this time and I'm not going to because the next episode of Teal Talk won't be till September because we have the Summer of Live starting in two weeks. I can't believe it. We have the schedule has come out. It's been, it's on our Facebook page. It's a great summer. We've taken all of our, all of our amazing speakers that we could fit in from Baltimore. Our sad, pour out one for Baltimore, but our sad conference that we canceled um, we've taken those amazing speakers and we've put them into the summer of live. So we're going to have action packed 12 weeks of solid content there. And we're really excited on everything from Google analytics to working with a mastermind group to Gutenberg to there's just, we're covering so many things and we're really excited about it. We're starting in two weeks, as I said, Thursday, June 4th at 2 PM. It is with our keynote uh, from Baltimore, who's Beth Santos, the founder and CEO of Wonderful and Wits, the Women in Travel Summit. And she's going to be talking about From Me to We, transforming your blog into a business that is bigger than yourself, which is an awesome topic. She's great. And we're super excited to have her. And then there might be, a, we were going to have a week off, but there might be some fun Mediavine product to show you between now and then. And I would hate to go too many weeks without having Eric Hochberger, CEO on. We, we might be announcing that. So keep your eyes on our Facebook page. But for now, before we end our Teal Talk season two, Kayla, I couldn't think of a better way to end. And I would love to have your answers on things people can get started on right now. Okay, let's do it. So virtual assistants, when you come back on Tuesday after the Memorial Day weekend of refreshing, right? The first thing you need to do is check out my free workshop. I know the link was put in the chat earlier because it goes over five specific steps to get started immediately with your business. Mm. We also have a free download to help you figure out exactly what those services are that you want to offer. So, you know, I mentioned earlier that that was step one before you start looking for clients, right? So that is actually a free download that comes with that as well. So you can literally get started with that immediately. Love that and it's free love that so much yep. so exciting and then okay if you are that and that is for both that is for people looking to become a va, looking and to become a VA. okay now those that want to hire yes if you want to hire a virtual assistant and you haven't yet done it the first thing you need to do is your time and task audit so you can figure out what you need to outsource okay and then after you're done with that then you need to go fill out the find a va form on kaylasloan.com and we will help you get the perfect VA from our course graduate. Love it. And you know, they'll be trained and ready to go, ready to go with all the systems. Okay, we're posting all yes. those links in the comments. Kayla, thank you so much for being here. It's been a delight. Thank you so much for having me. I hope it was really helpful. Um, happy to answer questions afterwards too, because I am in the group. She'll be around everybody. And guys, have a happy Memorial Day. Thanks for a great season uh, of Teal Talk. And we'll talk to you everybody soon for the summer of life. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24 seven support to cutting edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.